podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite Wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. Boom, and the boys are back. The boys are back. It is me, Scott, uh, going solo, doing this early Sunday morning uh, because it's a busy Sunday. Uh, Didn't know when else I'd be able to fit this in and was not going to bother Grant this early on a Sunday to get the show recorded. Um, And it's it's not going to be a fun one. it's not going to be a fun one at all, at least when we're talking about the men's basketball team. Uh, you know, with as depressing and devastating as that KU game was, you know, you're right there, you give up a 16-point lead, uh, halftime lead. Um, getting completely demolished by Baylor, you think, all right, you know, emotional hangover from that game. Hopefully you can come back versus a bad Mississippi, you know, Ole Miss team. And then you just kind of lose that one. Um, It went wire to wire uh, Ole Miss's game. Never really in it. And I think that is the death nail in this basketball team. And it sucks because you still have the entire month of February, one game in March, and then the Big 12 tournament. And I know I said this after the TCU game. And then they proceeded to win two games, uh, you know, two games versus ranked teams, one of which was on the road. But the team looked uninspired. You couldn't get anyone to score in the second half except for Mark Smith. Um, Except for, you know, I think Nigel had a bucket. I think Marquise had a bucket. But you really didn't get much. And it was just an uninspired team that just didn't look like it wanted to be out there. And that sucks. That sucks for the fans. That sucks for the coaches. It sucks for the players. That If that's truly what had happened, um, there's, there's, there's no silver lining. There is no, well, maybe this, well, maybe that. You know, if they have truly kind of mailed it in then you know it's going to be a long it's going to be a long month again I said it after the TCU game I was like we're about to lose out all this type of stuff now that might not be the case um they could turn around and you know win five straight you know I dare them it'd be super funny great practical joke I don't see it happening. It's and it sucks because here here's the thing, and, and the Big Twelve did themselves no favor, so it, it probably isn't as a for sure thing as I originally thought. But they would have beat Mississippi, and they got on a hot run because if you look at the schedule, February you have to play KU and you have to play Baylor, but after that, you know it's teams either you've beaten or teams that you are capable of beating. You know, you could have had a, you know, six and one 
seven and two type run to finish Big Twelve play and get yourself in a position where you're a game in Kansas City away from going to the tournament. And again, when when you've had the season K State has had, trying to project any sort of big run of good results is is futile. But people who have been listening to the show watching me on Twitter, seeing me react uh, and interact about this basketball team. I've this has been the most, you know, optimistic trying to find the silver lining. Hey, we can still do this. Uh, I, I've ever been with any sport, especially when ultimately outside of those, you know, two games in one half versus KU, they haven't really given you a lot to think that granted we we've been close in every single loss except for these last two but i i just think the collapse versus kansas just getting your ass kicked by baylor and then that performance in mississippi i i, I just i i don't have it in me to come on here and say okay you know you you sweep iowa state you get tcu sweep oklahoma state beat what like i i can't come up on here and give some idealistic run in and say, Hey, you know, we're still alive because that, that would just, I don't believe it. I don't have it in me. Uh, I, I said on Twitter that the TCU game broke me, but I was revived. I don't think I get revived from that old Miss game. I mean, we, we were never in it and, it and it was just a depressing watch. You know, I, I kind of roll my eyes at everyone who tries to, go on Twitter and say, oh, that game was so hard to watch. No, it's so boring and all this type of stuff. But but that game that game was impossible. I, you, you shot like 43s and you, you, it just didn't seem like they wanted to be out there. And and, and that's depressing, you know. It, it's, it sucks to watch as a fan. And, and again, I, I'm sure that isn't the reason why. And I don't want to you know, bury these kids who are playing a game, you know, but, but it's tough to watch. And, and so many people listen to this podcast and then myself included, we're fanatics, you know, fan is short for fanatics. So I I think it's important to kind of realize, okay, you know, everything we kind of think is over the top. We're super invested because we love uh, Kansas State because so many of us went to school there so many of us graduated from there so many of us have so many memories and then you know other folks are connected to the athletic department or university for other reasons um, and then we put all this investment emotional investment in these kids playing games uh, and, and that's in, in a sense it's crazy and, and I get that I get that but uh being being infected with the sickness that is being a sports fanatic and really loving university and athletic department that's that's one of those games that haunts you and sticks with you it kind of goes back to i think that you know that texas southern game uh the fort hayes game i was it old miss on a new year's eve in bramlage once too um it it, it was one of those types of losses and, and it's on a whole different plane because uh, of that that KU loss because that was one of the most devastating like heartbreaking losses because of the balance of the season the momentum of the season then having that 16 point lead this is just one of those 
wow, I, I can't believe it's come to this. I can't believe that that just happened um, type losses. And, and the fact that you have two of those, uh, you know, all-time type emotional toll losses for two different types of emotions uh, in the course of eight days, that is just a lot. It's a lot. I, uh, I, I don't know. And, and, and it, and it sucks because over the course of my fandom and even the course of this podcast, I've come to really love Bruce Weber as a person. And I think he's uh, going to forever be this polarizing figure for K-State. And the fact that this is going to be his final season, and again, he's going out not on top, but instead with three back-to-back-to-back historically bad seasons for K-State. It it sucks for the guy who is such a good guy who, in his time, brought some tremendous highs to K-State basketball. Uh, He's seven wins away from, I think, getting to 500 all-time, and he's not going to get there. Um, It just... (laughs) The more and more you think about it, the more and more it hurts. The more and more it hurts because... Uh, I don't think K-State fans kind of deserve, basketball fans deserve to kind of be in this purgatory. We're a very proud basketball uh, fan base. Bruce Weber is a very proud basketball coach. Um, It just kind of seems that, you know, know, in a perfect world, if you can wave your magic wand, he retires after, you know, Dean Barry Cam. Just calls it a day, but ultimately that isn't what happened. Ultimately, I fear we are going to have uh, just a bad finish to the season. You know, you, Mark Smith has like only nine less rebounds than all four of K State's bigs combined. Um, you, you have so many guys who are supposed to be able to shoot, who are supposed to be able to score, who can't. This roster just, in moments, you're like, this team can do it. But way too often this season have we seen, you know, long stretches of not being able to get it done on offense, and ultimately that's what's going to get it, going to put the bullet in that. The defense has been great. I've been very proud and very happy with the defense, and you had a good defense, or a sol- let me say a solid defensive performance yesterday. Versus Mississippi without Salt Miguel, your best defender. You know, I... But that's just nowhere near good enough when you're trying to win games. It's just not. Um, and, and this isn't fun to listen to. And, you know, maybe I, I, I probably would have tried to come up with a different topic or uh, something more cheery to lead it off if uh, we, we don't have a long history of you know, the Monday after the conference championship game for the Chiefs, it's, it's historically been one of our least listened to episodes every single year since we've been doing this. Uh, so I, I probably would have tried to come up with some sort of spin or c- come up with something that folks who didn't want to uh, commiserate, you know, be down uh, that they want to listen to, but uh, it, it just isn't happening. Um, What I will do, though, is I'm going to transition to talk about the women's team because they did split this week. You know, 
it, it's hard not to be a little disappointed with the performance versus Texas. You're on the road at Texas, and you lost by close to 20 points. It, w- it was not great. It, it was not the performance you wanted to back up that uh, beatdown of Oklahoma and the record-setting performance by Aoka Lee. Um, it, it wasn't what you wanted to do. But they were able to come back, take care of business, and beat TCU at home. Now, they have a lot of, if you look at the schedule, you have massive games in February. On Wednesday, they play at Iowa State. And again, they're still right in the thick of things for the Big 12 championship. You have to go to Ames and win. And Aoka Lee versus Ashley Jones is going to, again, be one of those heavyweight matchups of individual performers going head-to-head. Now, folks will remember Aoka Lee had a big game versus Iowa State the first time at home, and K-State squandered the lead late, and Iowa State, you know, started hitting a bunch of threes, a bunch of improbable threes, banking threes, three-point shots by their center who hasn't made a three-point shot in two years, and that led Iowa State to get that win. So this game is on ESPN Plus 630 on Wednesday, and I would say, hey, give it a watch if you can. Um, I think the men also play. Uh, on that day as well. So I I, I get it if you can't make it happen, but it's a massive game. Uh, They're still in Big 12 contention. Here's the best thing about about their season right now. And this is why you can't pay attention to rankings and all that type of stuff, because in the women's game, they get the committee together, and they actually release, you know, the uh, one through four seeds, uh, for the entire bracket. So, you know, east, w- east, north, w- whatever, however they do the brackets, all four one seeds, two seeds, three seeds, and four seeds. And why is that important? Because in the women's game, they don't have, you know, the opening site, you know, regional sites. The You host those on campus. So currently, K-State was one of the final four seeds, meaning they would get to host the round of 64 and the round of 32 in Bramlage. Now, this is a program, and this is a squad, that if they get to play those two games in Bramlage, you have to like the chances that K-State fans are going to fill it up, it's going to be rowdy, and it's going to give them a great shot to make it to the second weekend. And when you have the young freshman and you have Aoka Lee, you get to that second weekend, who knows who you're going to be playing, anything is possible from there. Anything is possible from there. So it is it, it is so important, even beyond the Big 12 race, for them to continue to get some of these big wins versus ranked opponents. Just in February, you have at Iowa State, you have at Baylor, you have uh, Texas at home, and then at Oklahoma. February is a gauntlet for this team. February is a gauntlet. They have seven games. You come out of that five and two, Depending on who you beat, you have a shot to still be in that Big 12 race in the final week of the season. You're going to be looking pretty and you're going to be sitting pretty to be able to hopefully host the first two rounds in the NCAA tournament, which would be massive for this team. And again, in a uh, winter where you have all this depression, this angst, the 
just bad feelings around the men's team in Bruce Weber's swan song, you do have these good feelings, these good moments, these elite players, and they're chasing after something uh, in the Big 12, and they're chasing after something with the NCAA tournament. And, and it's fun to watch. You know, I'm, I'm going to do my best to get inside Bramlage a couple more times, uh, both for the men and women. And I'll tell you this, if, if they're hosting an NCAA tournament game in Bramlage, you got to bet that I'm going to do my best to be there. And, and I think a lot of folks will. I think you're going to see 10,000 folks in there in purple cheering for this team to get it done in the NCAA tournament. And they have a chance to do it. Another thing with the women's team that made a lot of news, Aoka Lee said in an interview, and I can't remember if it was her press conference or if it was a taped interview or who it was with, so my apologies for that. But she said she's coming back for her senior year next year, and I think that's just amazing. She would be a lottery pick in the WNBA, and I don't, and I'm truthfully, I don't know, I don't know the salaries, I don't know anything about the WNBA. So I don't know if this is a crazy decision. I don't know if this is, oh, well, why why would you go to the WNBA early? I don't know any of that. But the fact that she has such a connection to K-State, to this team, um, is amazing. And and I'm, I'm so excited for it because, again, this team has so much potential. They have some freshmen who, who again, they, they can go cold. They can go missing. Uh, it happens with freshmen at, at in any sport, let alone basketball and women's basketball. They're going to have some moments where uh, they disappear from it, and that's fine. But they, they're still very good young players on this team to accompany Aoka Lee. Next season could be insanely special, and you know, in the transfer market, you never know who may want to come in and play with them. I, I think that next year could be one of these you know special type seasons where everyone is bought in from day one with this women's basketball team and they could make noise on a national level and who's to say they they won't do that this year but they're gonna come into the season next year being one of the favorites in the big 12 i would imagine as long as they don't have some sort of collapse down the stretch they're gonna be preseason top 15 and aoka lee's gonna have a second shot to go for the women's player of the year award. You know, I, I don't know if she's going to get this year. She's definitely going to be in contention. I I personally think that she is the big 12 player of the year. And I don't even think it's close, but next year could be one of those very special Kansas state sports years uh, with the women's team because she's coming back and these young, these young women are going to have another year under their belt. So Keep keep uh, keep your eye on the women's team. Again, massive month in February. Wednesday at Iowa State is going to be a massive game, 6.30 on ESPN+. Plus. If you can, give it a watch again. Ashley Jones is another elite college basketball player, and her and Aoka Lee are going to, uh, you know, it, it kind of sucks they don't play the same position. They're not going to guard each other, but they will be lighting up the stat sheet, and it is going to be, it's going to be an entertaining game. You know, if you watch that first one in Bramlage, you remember how entertaining it was, even though you came on the wrong side. That one's going to be a fun one. Um, nothing too crazy with the football team. I know workouts started. I think a lot of folks are trying to overanalyze that very first workout clip 
And, and that, that's actually one of the most fun things about the winter conditioning and workouts. They put out these videos and everyone's trying to slow them down. They're trying to see exactly who's doing what. It, it is kind of funny. You know, football never stops. A lot of recruiting going on. Uh, you know, nothing worth touching on. No current commitments as of time of uh, recording this. Uh, you know, there, there's some other stuff going on. A, again, it's... it's uh, it's always interesting to see how folks react to stuff in January. Uh, Dylan Edwards, one of the big top recruits for K-State, recently got an Oklahoma offer. Um, he's probably going to go there, and that, that's not something you want to see. Um, but, it, but it's just kind of the state of recruiting right now. Um, yeah, I, I don't really have much else about uh, the football team. I will say the baseball team, the Batcats, they're about a month out from first pitch. Uh, Dylan Phillips, who is a junior, who is uh, plays in the outfield, also pitches a little bit. He was named to the preseason All-Big 12 team. They're about a month out. I know everyone was really, really excited about the baseball team last year because they, you know, they, they, they had a late surge. A lot of folks thought that they were robbed of a shot to go to uh, postseason play. Uh, you know, they, they didn't get some of the wins in the regular season when they really needed it. And, you know, they, they ha- made a good run in Oklahoma City in the Big 12 tournament. And, and I, I'll be plugged into them. I, I'm, tr- I'm trying to pull it up right now. They're picked near the middle of the pack when it comes to the preseason Big 12 baseball. Here it is, the... Big 12 baseball preseason poll had K-State at 7th. Texas, then Oklahoma State, then Texas Tech, then TCU, Baylor, Oklahoma, K-State, West Virginia, and KU in the bottom. You got to hope that they can outperform that preseason ranking. I know you lost a lot from that, that very fun team to watch last year. Can they? Did they reload enough? Do they have enough to kind of fight for that upper half to get a chance to get to postseason play. I don't know. I don't know enough about college baseball. But but it will be interesting. If you get hot early, see what you can do. It's it's going to be a bit of an uphill climb, but I'll be tuning in about a month from now. I'm going to close stuff off uh, since Saturday was Kansas Day, and, and it kind of comes back to uh, some of my opinions on K-State as a whole, the athletic department, and why I think they need to do a little bit better. I've talked about, you know, they need to do better with acknowledging the history of, you know, the trailblazing, and and they've started stuff, and I don't think it's enough. I think they need to go much further, but a start is a start. But what I I really do think, and this, this can kind of go back to how we've seen some in-state recruiting go as well. I I think K-State as an athletic department needs to do a full-on blitz and embrace being Kansas State University and embracing the state that we're from. You see it all over the country. You, you, You see the Texas schools. You see the Florida schools, the California schools, hell, even Colorado State, all about 
oh, this is our state and branding it as such. I I think K-State would do themselves a lot of good to go on a full-on blitz and brand themselves as the athletic department for the state and, and really embrace the state of Kansas. Now, they they sent out a couple tweets and... You know, they, they do a good job with some videos on occasion. But you, you need to go further. In, in this world of college athletics, everything is about branding. Everything's about creating excitement. Everything's about manufacturing some hype sometimes out of nothing. And I think that K-State needs to really lean into this and come up with some sort of branding initiative, some sort of marketing initiative, some sort of anything surrounding around the state, surrounding the idea of Ad Astra to the stars through difficulties, Ad Astra Paraspa, the you know state motto. Come up with an alternate logo, come up with alternate uniforms, come up with merchandising opportunities to really pa- pound this phrase, this idea home. Because it's not just football where we've missed out on high-profile recruits. It's women's basketball. It is men's basketball. I don't know enough about baseball or some of the other stuff, but I'm sure it's happened there too. Kansas as a whole kind of has this bad stigma and branding amongst its younger population about folks who are, oh, Kansas sucks. You want to get out of Kansas, yada, yada, yada. And... There, there are some stuff that you can't overcome it. Manhattan, Kansas isn't going to grow its population into a metroplex. It's not going to have some of this crazy, you know, nightclub type stuff that Austin is ever going to have. There are some things that will never change. But I think it needs to start with the athletic department. And it has to start with the citizens of the state and the fans of the state for stop apologizing for being Kansas. Stop apologizing for being Kansans and embrace how great that the state is. Embrace how great Manhattan is. Embrace how the the history of the state, the history of the university, then make it a cool thing. And again, I, I think maybe on this show and maybe from my point of view, it's too simplistic and maybe... Maybe this is the stupidest thing ever to come up with. But coming up with a cool alternate logo, the Ad Astra logo, with an alternate uniform concept across all sports, the state pride uniform, make it something where when the Kansas kids come on for recruiting visits, that's the one they want to take pictures with. Everyone's like, oh my gosh, that is so cool. Creating some excitement, some hype, and some purpose around being from Kansas and some true state pride. You know, is it going to ever, is just doing this alone going to make it so every single great high school athlete who has options to go to Blue Bloods, bigger universities is going to choose K-State? No. Is it going to change anything? Probably not. But again, if you don't start somewhere, if you don't start going over the top, if you don't start creating hype in just swagger and, and, and just emotion and something more about being from Kansas, then it's never going to change. And is creating an alternate uniform going to stop? No, it's not going to be it, but it's a start. 
know, it's similar to the Trailblazer thing where I think they need to have a logo. They need to do something with merch sales. They need to do something where you can pick up a shirt, wear it around. Someone sees, oh, wow, that's cool. What's that about? The Trailblazer. Oh, wow, I didn't know about this K-State history. Or, okay, you know, you have the the Trailblazer game. Oh, why is K-State wearing these awesome new uniforms? Oh, Trailblazer, what, what's this? Oh, they look it up and they say, oh, shit. Kansas State University played a major role in integrating not only intercollegiate athletics, but higher education in America. Oh, shit, that's a cool uniform. Oh, Ad Astra, what's that? Oh, State of Kansas. Oh, wow. They make being from Kansas look cool. Oh, there's some swagger there. Again, it's some of the small stuff that maybe it won't amount to anything, but it's a start. And if you don't start changing the narratives, if you don't start embracing the history in in an attempt to make things more advantageous to you in the present, then I don't, I don't know what you're doing. So I I, I think there is a lot of stuff that K-State could be doing that they're currently not in athletics when it comes to branding, when it comes to capitalizing on history, when it comes to changing narratives. And I know it's much easier said than done. But eventually, you need to start doing something to change some of this around. So that's all I got today. Again, it's been all over the place. I ended uh, with a little bit of a rant. We had some good uh, women's basketball talk. We had some depressing K-State men's basketball talk. Um, Yeah, and and that's all we got. We'll we'll come to you live uh, maybe with a midweek show. I, I, I said it on Twitter and we're kind of working through uh, who our new live show sponsor is going to be. So stay tuned. Maybe we won't have a midweek live show, but the following week we 100% will. So just stay tuned um, as that may or may not be changing. We love you guys. Keep it going. Tweet at me at Scott Wildcat. Tell me where I'm wrong. Tell me where I'm rambling. Uh, just tell me if you agree with anything. Uh, just let me know. We love you guys. Uh, We're going to still keep coming to you. We haven't missed a Monday yet. We're not going to start now. So love you guys. Have a great week. Um, And, hey, you know what? When this goes out, um, let me see. When this goes out, we're going to be two weeks away from Valentine's Day. Uh, Go to Hallmark. Get your mom a Valentine's card. It's going to make her day. I'm serious. Go, Go to Hallmark. Go to a Hallmark store. Go to the Hallmark website. Go to your grocery store. Get a Hallmark Valentine's card. Send it to your mom. I promise it'll make your day. Um, tell your mom you love her at Valentine's Day. Everyone knows to say stuff to you know your significant other. Let your parents know you love them as well. So send them a card. It'll make their day. That's my pitch. Uh, we love you guys. And if Grant was here, he well, hell, Grant's probably waiting for you guys all to meet him at the cat head right now. So better go find him. Sports Social Podcast Network.